Hey everybody, uh, it's a uh, little bit of a different kind of episode tonight. Uh, usually we have um, we have myself and Dan, but Dan is on a cheeky northern trip on the Western Australian coast at the moment, and I'm stuck here in my pyjamas. So I decided to reach out and see who was floating about, and you wouldn't believe it. Um, this man pestily decided that uh, he'd bless us with his time tonight. What an absolute pleasure, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had. Uh, a country Australian guy living his best life, first as a soldier, then a firefighter, now taking on the world of content creation. What an absolutely extraordinary story, and I cannot wait to dive into it. Where are you in the world right now? I'm in the Netherlands. So at the start of this year, we moved over to the Netherlands uh, as a firm base to start traveling around Europe and seeing the world. But um, I had this grand plan that I would travel, um, travel through Europe before the world went to shit and I missed it out by a year, so. Bugger. Because the world has <laughs> kind of gone to shit. How's, it, uh, how's everything yeah, going man. over there in the Netherlands at the moment with everything? That's it's good. Yeah. It's pretty much like, I think Europe's kind of was very serious about it very early on because of um, everything with Italy and uh, and that. But it's, um, we've kind of got to the stage where things start to open up again and, and we can actually go outside and do a lot. What are you, what are you doing? People are very respectful in that. I've never what been there I before. What do I do? What do people do? People in general. I mean, I've never been there. I've been to um, uh, I've I've been around Europe. Um, I did a a trip a couple of years ago. Now, um, seems like way longer. Now, uh, went and visited the family in Italy and all that sort of stuff. Never been to the Netherlands. What do you get up to while you're over there? And I know at the moment not much, but yeah, what's the thing to do? Uh, a lot of people come to the Netherlands to get high. That's probably the, what they're most known for. <laughs> but it, it's it's got some really beautiful architecture and the country. They, they to me, it's it's really amazing how they use like agriculture throughout their whole like architecture and de- development of cities and town planning and that. So I don't know. I'm an outdoorsy person. So when I go outside and all I see is trees everywhere and and flowers and and it just it's just really nice to see a country take on the like environmental role really well. Um, you know, you'll see solar panels and big um, wind turbines everywhere. And um, but for me, like, it's just nice to get out and and just see the world. So I I love culture. I, if I could learn like do one thing, it'd just be like go outside and just meet all the cultures of the world and just explore like that. You know, if I, if I had limitless time and money, that's what I'd do. Yeah. Well, how was so that was part of the plan then? Yeah. Like do a do a yeah. what twelve months or was it basically an open ticket? Um, so the original plan was to climb the highest peak of every country in Europe in under six months, but that became impossible once I started getting popular on stream and I wasn't willing to take a, a whole six months off streaming. So instead what I decided to do was I'll take the whole year. We'll do as many mountains as I could. And at the same time, see all the countries and we're always going to see all the countries, but like my wife and I, but, uh, if we could climb mountains at the same time, that'd be awesome. I think the current plan uh, unofficial plan is to push it back three years and we'll come back in three years time yeah unreal um they're saying that uh planes should be up and about by about 2023 so fingers crossed mate with any luck that'll happen yeah. um the missus christina uh and um did you take Lindsay over i know you've got a dog no, so no well Lindsay stayed at uh, my mum's house my, my grandmother's looking after her so she's she's getting sport there yeah. i dragged over my cousin as my uh my cameraman and get shit done dude so He's uh anytime I need anything sorted like filming wise, he uh, helps out with that. He's just got a uh, a free free accommodation and food ticket, so he just drinks beer that's like five <laughs> euros a slab, and he loves it. Mate, it's <laughs> you not, feed him beer, oh, and he's happy. 
It's not bad. I mean, like, how how long have you been overseas now for? Um, six and a half months. Six and a half months. Okay, so I don't know if you'll still remember, but like to grab yourself a a, a pot a pot or a pint over here is bloody ridiculous. And then when I went over to Europe a couple of years ago, and we're walking through the streets of Rome and walking into the local deli and getting a, a liter flagon of wine for a euro, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so slabs here are about six euro if you get them on special. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not hard for alcohol. Um, usually they're around 10 to 12 euro. They've got a really cool system. They have like, they come in crates, like these like plastic crates. Mm. Um, and so it actually costs a couple of euro more, but then you take the crates back and you get that off. They give you like credit. So it's kind of like a recycling plan. It's really well done how they do it. Yeah. I, I actually love this country for a lot of that stuff. They do things very well over there. Uh, we've got a lot of people in chat at the moment, a lot of new people in chat, obviously courtesy of um, the support that you've shown us and throwing the link out there tonight, mate. So thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. Right. But um, hello to all of the pastillions out there that have joined us in chat tonight. And a lot of people saying very moist. So they're incredibly happy <laughs> to see how moist everything is going. Um, obviously, there's plenty for us to, to catch up about. And sorry to steal your words, but let's crack straight into it, shall we? All right. So you've got a couple of YouTube channels. Um, you've obviously got the one that, uh, you know, is is everything that we see from your content and all of that. And there was the one that um, was getting about for um, travel and everything. And, and we'll come back to that in just a moment, mate. But I'd love to go back um, only just around about a month ago when you and I saw each other for the first time face-to-face -to, -face to a degree. And it was on StreamRazor. And... Um, you have been doing some incredible work uh, raising money for the sick kids for the Starlight Children's Foundation. Now, the aim was to hit a million this year. And when I spoke to you last, you'd just gone past 900,000. Have you hit million yet? We're at 930,000, if I remember rightly. But this Saturday, no, sorry, next Saturday, um, the 1st of August, we're doing the a big Starlight event. And the last one, we raised $265,000 during that event. Jeez. So, um, yeah, so this one's got a lot of prizes, um, a lot of special guests, musicians. It's going to be incredible. So um, $70,000 to go. I'm very hopeful. I'm very confident we'll hit it. Um, but it, obviously, every dollar does help. So the more people we can get in there, the better. So if you're interested, just to plug the stream. Mate, please, please, <laughs> go, go ahead. Yes. No, 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 please. This is all about helping it. out sick kids. Yeah, of course. No, plug it. Plug away. Kids, so, so what? what's the date? When? Where do people go? All of that sort of stuff. Let them know right now. I, yeah, please. It's on the 1st of August. It's a Saturday and it will be live for about 12 hours. So there's plenty of opportunity if you just pop open the stream at some point, you'll see stuff. And you don't have to pay any money to enter any of the uh, any of the giveaways. It's all free to enter. Um, but every time you do donate, you do you get extra entries. So that does help really sick kids. And that's what it's all about. So we have it as a really fun, it's a lot of banter and, and just fun randomness that goes on i pay for, i i don't actually this time i'm not paying for them they volunteered their time last time and uh this time as well i'm getting voice actors to be my text-to-speech people oh, so every right. time someone donates they just talk straight over the top of me just like a normal tts person would on stream Jeez. and they'll um yeah so i i get entertaining personalities to do it so therefore it's uh it's a bit of a laugh and people try and make them do tongue twisters and say random stuff and it's good fun. That's fantastic. No, looking forward to it. So the 1st of August and obviously on your Twitch channel and uh, we'll see more across everything else as well. So guys, make sure you keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're following Pestily on Twitter um, to keep up to date with it as well. But mate, um, congratulations on 9.30 so far. 
and uh, good luck with 70,000 to go. But when you're doing a stream where it lights up to the point where you're, you're, you're booming past $200,000, what's, what's it like? What's happening? What's, what's the swirl of chaos going on around you at the time? That stream, that last big one, no word of a lie, I was really, I was really anxious before that. I, I don't get nervous very often, but um, we organized to get a signed Kobe Bryant jersey as a giveaway prize, which is a pretty massive prize. Mm, it's huge. And, and I told Starlight, I'll do the best I can. I, I did. I did literally, I did everything I could. And leading up to that stream, I was like, what if we don't raise any money? What if we only raise like few thousand dollars like that's the stuff that was going through my head and then i think in the first like two hours we blew like a hundred grand it was yes. well and truly past a hundred grand and like it was just for me it's a it's a it's like a weight coming off it's just like you feel like oh we've done it we've finally yeah. we've because to me i i don't know like i don't know why i'm so passionate about it but i've always been big on helping people it's a lot of things i've done in my in my life has been about helping people and um that's kind of what happened so at the end of the stream i i, I always take time to reflect and and it was re really nice just to sit there at the end of the stream no cameras on or anything and i and i just sit there and i just have a beer I, it's generally one of the only times i drink is after a big stream i have a beer and i just sit there and i go we did good today like and and at the end of the day if if my stream goes to crap i've got no viewers i have no subs i i'm going back to doing some other job I can at least say, hey, we did some good stuff while it was, you know, while it was big. And yeah. and that's something I'll be able to be proud of for the rest of my life. Mate, I, I can't imagine it going backwards from where it is um, at the moment. But, you know, like everything, there's a life cycle to it. So, but, you know, hopefully many, 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 many years and a long career ahead of you before then. But um, do you remember the days where you were just starting out and you'd have streams where you were virtually talking into the void? I was really lucky that my wife could watch my stream from, from her work. <laughs> so it was just me and her talking all day. So she'd just be at her work and she'd have the stream open and I would just play computer games and she'd just be there and chat and I'd just talk to her, which really does help having someone to talk to. So yeah. I never really just spoke to no one. Um, but there was, so for the first three or four months, I only had three to five viewers. Sometimes I got to like seven <clears throat> and so, yeah, there was days where it was just, you know, me talking to one or two other people and just talking the entire day. And to be honest, I miss the days of like 30 people. There is a lot, like the more viewers you have, the the more, I guess, to, uh, I don't hard, say lonely, it's, but it's harder. you to, don't have the connection as much. Yeah, 100%, mate, because you I can imagine someone like you with as many followers as, and people in chat, especially when you're doing your big marathon runs and stuff like that, your your chat would be going... Like yeah, this, so you're kind it? of talking to chat and not with chat. Yeah. And I always made a big purpose of reading every single message. And there's a lot of people, um, like a good mate of mine, Slush Puppy, he, he's still with like anywhere between 300 and, and 3,000 viewers. He'll still try and read every single message. And, mm. and it's a lot of work. It's very exhausting. And... Um, pretty much most of my moderators that have been around a long time are the ones that are, were around from 30 viewers. And you have this conversation where you learn where they live, what they what, what they do for a living, all the little ins and outs and, and about their lives, their children. And it's really great. And I started to stream to make friends. And that's, you know, I've made a lot of friends during this period. Um, and unfortunately, the bigger numbers you get, the less you have those intimate conversations where you learn a lot about people. 
Mm. Um, and I still do from time to time, but generally it's other content creators now. Are people understanding? Uh, like, is, is chat relatively understanding? Uh, like, as I, I oh, can chat's imagine, amazing. Like, I, I, I would jump, I've jumped into a few of your streams and I've seen chat, you know, absolutely going off. And, um, like, I jump in there and I look at it and I go, well, the guy's, like, he's doing his thing and chat's going off. There's no way he's going to be able to read something out loud that I'm going to pop into chat. So, are you, you generally find that people are actually quite patient? Yeah. Um, chat's generally happy as long as you're answering someone's question. Yeah. Because then that way you're still con- conversing with them. Um, there are a lot of big streamers and and um, that will literally just talk to chat, not with chat. And I totally get that. Uh, because it is very exhausting. And if you read too much into people's messages, sometimes it can be like chipping at your soul a little bit, some of the mm-hmm. negativity that can come through. I've got a couple of cheats and anyone can use them. Uh, if you want to try and make sure you're answering everyone's questions, the at Pestilly for me, but at your username, or look for question marks. Don't read anything else. It's the secret to getting through a lot of messages. So when there's like, I'll go through all the at Pestilly's and, and I've read all those ones out and then I'll go, okay, look for the next question mark and i'll just go down and there's a question mark all right read that question out and then that way you don't have to read every message and you don't have to be, it's like reading a book yeah like, yeah yep mate what a bloody great idea um if anybody's got any questions feel free to to drop them in chat <laughs> we'll do our absolute best um hey um you know you mentioned that uh you're a guy that you don't quite know um why you've you've dive so far into the in, in deep into the charity work but it's definitely got something to do with the fact that you just love helping people um is that something that you found was very early on and maybe steered you towards being a rifleman in, in the army how did that come about yeah so i come from a big family i've got um my dad had eight kids and not all of the same lady um so i've got four sisters and three brothers but we all call each other's brothers and sisters and yeah. we're all fairly close like i i call them up every every year for their birthdays and stuff like that or they'll call me up and we'll have a chat from time to time and um i think having a big family really does make you have to look after each other more because mm. there's just you know the things that come with that and you're always a very you know like oh you know someone needs to help with this let's go over and help them out kind of thing so um after you know finishing school and that i wanted to be a firefighter and i was an idiot i was drinking one night and i drove home and got caught and i lost my license to drink driving Oh, um, don't do it but i learned from it all right i was drinking a lot of alcohol back that stage and i don't i don't really drink much anymore post that i don't really haven't really drank much um were you, and were, so, was it was it were you doing it um to deal with something or was it just I, i'm out with my mates and we we just tend to be at a hell of a lot stupid 21 year old just yeah, a stupid 21 year old yeah um good, i wasn't like massively over i was 0.08 so in some countries that's legal mm. right but it's still not acceptable and um and so, yeah, once you lose your license to drink driving, firefighters, the, they will, will not recruit you at all for 10 years. So literally after I, that happened, I said, oh, well, I still want to do something to, for the community. So I said, I'll be a, uh, be in the army. And I wanted to go special forces, but I actually was a uh, reservist before that for a little bit of time. And I, um, and I knew kind of how to get into special forces wasn't direct entry. It was actually go as an infantryman, learn the ropes, work hard, and then use those skills to get across. Um, so that's the path I went down and um, I did eight years. Mate, was... That sounds like like special forces to me. And is and I don't know how much, you know, you, you got a glimpse into it throughout your eight years as, a, as doing what you were in the army at the time. 
But um, did you ever come close? And is it as brutal as it as they make it look in the movies? Um, I think movies glorify everything, but yeah. it's it's pretty brutal. So for I I did uh I, I attempted selection um but I kept getting injured in the lead up. So what I like there's there's like uh testing before you go for selection and I did it once and the other time I was actually injured when I attempted it and I just pretty much said this is not going to happen. As you get older, it's harder on your body, and, and I'd already been – my body was pretty stuffed up from the army. Um, so the thing about Special Forces is it's not just physical, it's mental, and um, you've got to have the mindset that you're willing to do what needs to be done and put whatever you have to into it to do it. So it it's, it's very difficult. It's not just as simple as, like, you just rock up and you're a good bloke, you're going to be able to make it, you're hard, physically fit. There's a lot of physically fit people that don't make it past the first few days. Yeah. So – um yeah but for me it's all always been about pushing the limits so i've done some stupid stuff in my life like i would not suggest doing this ever but even before i joined the army mates and i a particular mate and i would always be like all right we're gonna do something crazy today and like and, and if you're from australia and you know torquay there's like some pretty massive um, waves and that you can have down there and swells and that and we'd just swim out to like a boy that's ages out during like a storm kind of thing and swim back. We used to do so much stupid stuff. I wouldn't do any of that anymore because it'd like I'd just go missing. But um, I always just had this mentality: is I always wanted to know what my limits were and what it felt to do stuff. Yeah. Which I know is a pretty crazy mentality to have, but it's same with like doing a long stream. So I've done my longest streams forty four and a half hours, but the longest I've stayed awake is three days, and I've done that three times. So that was in the army because we had this defensive operations training and stuff you do where you stay awake for three days straight. Um, so when you know you can stay awake for three days, then two two days streaming is actually easy because you're not digging a hole at the same time. You're just talking to chat. Um, so it's it's for me uh, everything I ever do is always to learn the experience. Uh, I saw uh, a streamer do ten hours of IAR on stream, and I was like, I wonder what that's like. So IAR is like a an anime where it's like, anyway, it's just really repetitive. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. um, and uh, so I did it for a bit of a charity event. It didn't go overly well. It, it went all right, but um, I had it as like donation goals. The long, more people donate, the longer I go for. Yeah. Um, but with, I did seven and a half hours of it. But I just kind of wanted to see what it felt like. And yeah. a lot of people wouldn't do that. A lot of people would be just like, nah, I wouldn't do 15 minutes, let alone 10 hours. Mate, so... This I just want to go back to you mentioned um, three days straight, right? Staying awake. Now the longest stint that I've done is twenty seven hours straight. Um, we did it, and we did it uh, like earlier in this year where we actually stayed on the air um, in our, on our breakfast radio show here in Perth on Hit ninety two nine um, for twenty seven hours straight. And it was it was the boss's stupid idea, and we're like, well, you know, what's what's the worst that could happen? Fine, we'll do it. And I reckon I got to. I, I'm the guy who pushes the buttons and I um, anchor the show as well as being a co-host and bringing content and all of this, that sort of stuff. So I'm the one who has to keep the show on the right track. And I reckon it got to around about two o'clock in the morning and I was, I, I swear to God, I was hallucinating, just trying to get us through and tr- just trying to get the other guys through and stuff. What happens over three days straight of staying awake? Do you even remember something like that off the back of it? So there's different stages. So the, initially, the, the the place you'll be most tired, in my opinion, is generally around the time you wake up. 
so for you, you probably get up around, I don't know, 4 a.m. If you do breakfast radio, probably 4 yeah. or 5 a.m. Spot on So that stint yeah, between yeah. like, that stint between like maybe 2 a.m. And, and 5 a.m. would be the hardest part for you because your body's like usually been asleep for that period and you're meant to be waking up, but you're already like really tired. You get like second wind. So usually that time of the day is the worst. Um, and at the 48 hour mark is apparently when the Hoolies nations actually are meant to kick in. Um, and then at the, like, you shouldn't really push past 72 hours. That's why the army stops there. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you just, um, it's kind of like your body just, as long as you don't sap it too much of energy, you're fine. So as long as you keep eating, keep drinking and all that, you'll be fine for up to a certain point. And then your body starts saying, no, you shouldn't be awake anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not, it isn't healthy, but there's a lot of things that are in life that are unhealthy. Like when people are like, oh, you should be asleep. You've, you've been awake for 30 hours. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't drank alcohol in three weeks and you've probably had like four slabs in that time. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I don't smoke and I don't do any rec- recreational drugs and stuff. So if, if, if my, my, you know, toxic adage, a toxic thing that I do is staying awake from like every now and then, like every now and then, I mean, every three or four months, I stay awake for a long period of time. That's not the worst thing in the mm. world. Yeah, hundred percent. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, forty-four and a half hours. Was that was that the Tarkov stream? It was a. There was the first day of drops. It was so so annoying. I woke up this. It was like the 29th of December or thirtieth of December. I woke up and I was like meant to do a podcast that day. Yeah. And I messaged my mates saying we're not doing the podcast. I'm just in the worst mood. I can't be bothered today. Um. And I started my stream and I didn't even know what the drops were. And the drops started, and my channel just blew up like i normally sit at that point i normally sat between three and five thousand viewers and i was just like an hour in and i was at fifteen thousand. then like another hour later i was at twenty five thousand. i was just like this is nuts mate didn't you and then um, at some point cross 100k i i because i remember this the the reason the first time i heard pestily um believe it or not was not the australian game awards where you took away uh was it content breakout content creator of the year was it yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. So the first time that I heard your name was in the weeks after that stream. And people were reaching out to me and saying, have you heard of Pestily? You've got to get him on the show. You've got to have a chat to this guy. He's the most famous Tarkov streamer. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> He's just done 50 odd hours um, live straight. That that was when it was. So was that your moment? And we'll, we'll come back to the army and the fire and stuff in a, in a tick. But was that your breakout moment? I guess so. Yes, a lot of people will see that as the the moment that my stream really took off, which it's true, it is. But it wasn't what made my channel. Hmm. The channel was already fully established by that point. Um, there's some people that are overnight successes, and good on them. But I definitely worked hard up until that point and put myself in a position that if Tarkov was to get really popular, that I would be part of that success. Hmm. So with that big stream. Um, that's when Tarkov started getting really popular on Twitch and more people started flocking over to Tarkov. And um, that stream went for 44 and a half hours. And it was actually my wife's birthday on New Year's Eve. Oh. And so I actually, we, we pushed back her birthday, but she understands, she's my boss. Yeah. So um, she, we, we pushed her birthday celebration back a bit. But it, it's it, that, that week I streamed 130 hours, I think, in a week. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, it was 17 or 18 hour days every day on average but i did like 44 hours and then 
I think it was like three or four 18 hour streams and I finished on a 24 hour stream. So it was, it was a very busy week. Mate, Tarkov must love you. Surely you'd like that from that moment on, Tarkov must have been, I don't know if it's sliding into your DMs or reaching out to uh, you going, Hey, what's going on? Like, let's, let's work together and all that sort of stuff. I've had, um, I've had conversations with the lead dev for a fair while now. Um, I probably interviewed him about six months before that. Mm. Um, so for me, it was already already had a relationship with him. But after that point, I think it kind of really positioned me very well with Tarkov and Battlestate Games, who makes it, and the Twitch category for Escape from Tarkov. Like, I don't claim it. I'm not the best at the game. I'm just very knowledgeable, and I just try and keep a really positive attitude community. Yep. You know, and I try and teach people to have fun with gaming and not focus on being too serious because so much shit in the world's so serious these days. It's just have a place to just distract yourself and enjoy life, not always be about the be- being the best. Mate, you have to you have to be more than just being the best as well. Being the best can only take you so far until somebody else is the best. You know, so there's got to be yep. something else there. But I, I loved what you said um, about you know you had that breakout stream, but you'd already built something up until that point. And, and if there's a, you know, content creators who are watching this right now, take note of that because it's something that I tell um, the people that I mentor along the way, right? And the metaphor that I use is it's like when you're window shopping, right? And you walk up to a shop and it's all shiny and awesome on the window and you think, oh, okay, this looks pretty cool. I might go inside. And you open the door and it's shit house inside. And so you close the door and you never go back there again. And and that's the the overnight success where they haven't built something up until that point. Whereas you're the guy where you open the door, you've had this breakout stream, there's your front window, you open the door, oh my God, here's this long career of creating content. I'm actually going to stay in this shop for a little while and hang out and join this community and all that sort of stuff. How is how's the community going? It must be thriving. It is. Um... A lot of people would say this: the line came for the drop, stayed for the community. That yeah. that's very common in my in my stream. Um, you're right, it, it, but the, the thing about making up a, a community in a stream, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to build a place where people will feel welcome and they want to come back, and and they've got a reason to come back. It's not as just as simple as having a, you know, a, a good quality stream. There's there's so much involved. I message if someone messages me on Discord, I respond. Yeah. Um, unless it's like. Sometimes they're just trash messages, you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, trolling or inviting me to another Discord and that. But like any genuine actual message, I always respond. And I'm trying to get through my Instagram messages, but that's nearly impossible. (laughs) Um, But it's like I I allocate a portion of my day where I just try and respond to all the messages I can and get get involved in the community. It's not just about being a figurehead. So going back to the very point of why I started streaming, I started streaming to make friends. Now I try and facilitate a community where other people can make friends and uh, play games together. Because we've all got one thing in common. We all like Tarkov, or at least at some point we have. Mm-hmm. And then if you can find other people to enjoy games with too, awesome. Yep, 100%, mate. Couldn't agree more. And that's what makes a strong community, in my opinion. Um, going back to, so Rifleman in the Army, uh, you did eight years there. And then did you end up, you did end up getting into uh, the fire service, yeah? I did. Um, so after I, after I quit the army, I, I still wanted to do something for the community. So um, we moved out to a place called Wallaroo, which is an hour and a half out of Adelaide on the coast. 
and they had a paid fire station there where it's part of the MFS, which is Metropolitan Fire Service, um, but they do it part-time. So you, it's kind of like reserves in the army. You do one night's training a week, and then when the job's on, the job's on. You literally get a pager, and you get a text message saying, there's a job. You've got you got 10 minutes to get to the station and get inside and, uh, and uh, get in the truck and start going. So um, I signed up, did that, all my training, and I worked for about three months, and then my wife's job got moved from the country back to the city. So I had to quit. Oh, so that's when I went full-time streaming. Two things about um, about the fire station. Did it have a pole? Yes or no? Didn't. It didn't have a pole, bugger. Um, two, in that three months, did you actually ever have to go and fight some fires? Um, I put out a, a, a rubbish bin that was on fire. I guess that counts. <laughs> but that just counts. before I finished my training, just to finish my, <laughs> before I finished my training, we actually had a big house fire. It was... Uh, they, I don't know if it was arson in the end, but there was a full house fire. And because there wasn't very many house fires that you would get, we kind of, because I wasn't allowed to go out there and work, I still went there with the other guy that was still in training and we actually just helped out in the background, just like not officially. Yeah. But like, you know, so we actually got this. And then after I went through the scene and they explained how they all did it all and it was really informative. Um, I don't think that's allowed and hopefully no one from, you know, up higher, you know, <laughs> finds out about that. But my was, bosses were cool. Because I was ex-service, it was like I had common sense about me. I knew what I should and shouldn't be doing. It wasn't just I was some random first day, you know, guy. I was, I'd been there six months plus. They had trust in, in me to do the right thing. Yeah. Hey, um, if you're watching this right now, what happens on Twitch stays on Twitch, okay? It doesn't yeah. make it past <laughs> there. Um. So, you know, you, you say you, you're not the world's best Tarkov player, but you are a good one. Um, you are into your, F, your FPS and all that sort of stuff. Did you actually find skills that you learned as a rifleman in the army you could transfer across the FPS games or was it a bit vice versa? Like, like what influenced what? A common question I get. And I do believe there is some sort of understanding that you just subliminally know. Like, for example, like you shouldn't be sticking your head up on top of a hill because the hill would like be like that. And you'd be this thing standing on top of the hill, standing out. Right. Yeah. Whereas some people might not think about that. So positioning on where you actually do stuff. And in the army, it's a very common um, tactic to flank. Uh, it's like one of the main textbook things you should do as a, as a section commander. If you've got the opportunity to do a flank, you should. And I try and do that every time I get in a fight, take some shots, get them to look in one spot, run back a little bit and then go to a side and shoot from the side. Um, but it's all just about repositioning there. So most people that actually play a lot of first-person shooters would still do tactics like that. Um, but I think it's just been more ingrained into me that those tactics work. At least they tend to. Now, um, you're, you've wrapped up uh, the fire service. You mentioned that the, the missus got a job in the city. So it was time to wrap yep. things up. And that was the moment when you said, I'm going to try my hand at being a full-time content creator. Um like anybody who's a content creator knows surely it's not just as simple as I'm done here. I've been doing this for ages. I'm going to try my hand at being a full-time content creator. Was there something in the back of your mind for a long time, actually sort of knocking you um, in your brain going, mate, you should give this a shot. You know, I know you're doing this right now, but you have, you know, why don't you give this a shot? I streamed for four months um, just as for fun. So when I quit the army, I saved up a bit of money and I was like, I'm going to just play computer games, make friends, and I'll just do it for three or four months and live off my savings and my wife's income um, just to demilitarize myself, to mm. reinsert myself back into society. 
And at the end of that four months, I actually sat down with my wife and made a plan. I said, all right, I want to give content creation two years. Um, you know, and this wasn't when I, when I was doing it completely full time, but I definitely took it serious. Uh, I was still, this is when I was still firefighting. So, um, two years and at the end of two years, we'll reevaluate if we want to continue because in that first four months, like I was only holding 10 concurrent viewers, but I had probably 15 subs, you know, there was like some donations coming in from time to time. We understood the mechanics behind it. Yep. Um, but I also identified very early the power of YouTube and how well YouTube can, bolster a uh discoverability it really is the most what like the easiest way in my opinion to get discovered on twitch is actually to have a solid youtube channel and the diversity across that is even even better for me now like technically i could survive off my youtube channel and play full variety on twitch if i wanted to now unreal how long you been so, how long you been doing your youtube youtube channels for there's the same day I took Twitch serious was the same day I took YouTube serious. And that yep. was the first of Feb, uh, 2018. So just over, just under two and a half years now. Um, it took a while to get YouTube going, by the way, hundred videos before I got any traction. And in those hundred videos, I made everyone first 500 videos I made myself on top of streaming 200 hours a month. Jeez. And I, um, I had no life for that first two years. Mm. Um, yep. but I worked hard and I'm reaping the benefits of it now. So when you say traction, what was traction in your mind? Once once you knocked over that first 100 videos and you started to see traction, what did that actually look like? So I was probably getting 10 subs a day and maybe 100 views a day. And yeah, then okay. um, when that, when that about that 100th video point kicked in, I got like 5,000 subs in like a week. Jesus. You know? And so then that's when it started really getting, and I got more views every day. It was like, it, it was, if you look at the scale, it, it like it goes up like on a, on a scale, it's just getting more and more popular. Even today, like I think the last month I got 7 million views and that's insane. Oh, like that's that a lot insane. of views for a YouTube. How does, yeah. that compare, how does that compare to your Twitch channel? Um, it's hard more, to compare. Like more because... there or more, more on YouTube? See, like Twitch is concurrent. Like you got someone watching constantly. I don't really look at how many individual views I get. I think on YouTube, on Twitch, I've got like maybe twenty-five million views in total. Yep. Um, but a lot of those people will click on my channel once and watch it for like six to eight hours at a time. Jesus. Whereas, like, you can't watch one video for six to eight hours. Yeah. I don't have any videos that long. Yeah. So they'd have to click on multiple videos. Um, um, and YouTube has a bigger audience, so therefore people will be more likely to go to a YouTube channel for a guide, watch the guide, and then, um, you know, not need to go to a Twitch channel and hang out. Yeah. Your uh, YouTube channel, you're up at, what, past 200,000 subs now, or is it more than that? Where Whereabouts are you at? I think it's just under 300,000 now. Just under 300,000. 283. Now, I've seen the pictures. Um, YouTube sends you a, a cheeky little thing when you hit your first 100,000. They, they send you a little plaque. How does, does that, what happens there? Cause I've never, I've never been spoken to someone who's got, you know, over a hundred thousand other than Champ Chong. Actually, I speak to Champ Chong a fair bit, but I don't actually, um, I've never actually asked him this question. Do they get in touch with you and ask for your address and say, Hey, can we send this thing out to you? How, how do you get a hold of that little plaque? So when you get to a hundred thousand, you're meant to get a button that pops up like an, an alert. And you click the alert and then you fill out the details and then they send you one. Yeah. That didn't happen for me. And I was over 200,000 subs and I was talking about it on my Twitch channel and a YouTube rep was in my channel. Oh, you're joking. And said, I'm a YouTube rep. <laughs> um, 
because I was, I was complaining I never got my plaque and like, a mate of mine had yeah. a plaque yeah. and he got like a hundred thousand well after me and I was so annoyed about it and uh he just said oh, well, I'll chase this up and then I, I got a, a message from from YouTube saying that it was uh, a mistake and but you may just have a button pop up and then you just fill out the code it's like you know like one of those you know like so it can't be a bot yeah yeah, yeah. and then um yeah. You just fill out that stuff and put in your address and what name you want on it. Like you could pretty much put right whatever name you want. I think. Yeah. <laughs> was was he apologetic? Like like are you were you yeah, yeah, were that. you full on going them at the time or what? Oh, you were I was in my normal band. band. <laughs> I was at my banter. Like this is bullshit. I got Veritas <laughs> back here got a hundred thousand. Like well after me, he's been posting Instagram pictures and he's got it in his background of his Twitch channel. And here am I. 220,000 subs and I still don't have a plaque. Oh, mate, that's <laughs> gold. And when it rocks up, so, um, you know, obviously the plaque looks nice. What does it come in? Does it come in a, a nice box? A nice is box. It, yeah, felt like, around it or what? Like, what does it look like? No, it's, a, it's like a thick box so that way it can't get damaged. Yep. And then um, just like a, an inside, it's just like a normal black box that has um, like the foam stuff in it, like but the soft foam. And then it's actually got like a, a hand-signed card saying this was inspected by this member of YouTube to ensure that it's good quality. If there's any issues, uh, you can contact him on this email address. And then it says, um, Oh, wow. It says, uh, if you want multiple of this, you can buy them at this address or something. So you can actually, per- case, you like, can purchase them if you, if you manage to hit I that think you, milestone. I, yeah. I think it's so like I could send them to my editors, for yeah. example, because I've only just recently taken on editors, but if I get to a million, and they've helped me get to that million. If I wanted to get an extra one to send to my editors, I think I could do that too. Yeah, okay, gotcha. That's wicked, man. Um, hey, you mentioned your your wife is essentially she's your boss. Or not essentially, or she is your boss. What do you what do you mean she's your boss? Does she does she manage all the admin side of everything? Does she manage the bookings and all of that sort of stuff? So up until a few months back, we were a two person show. So my wife would handle everything from accounting, emails, any sort of random admin stuff, organizing a graphic designer to make something for me. Whatever it was, she was the one working in the background. And then I would try and help when I could because I obviously stream 200 hours a month plus making YouTube videos is very exhausting. So, All good. Um, but up until recently, we've actually brought on other people to help us and including editors. And now so her job is to manage those people and the accounting and finances side of making sure they get paid. Um, and then I have the other people help by doing the other stuff. And so the aim, the dream is I literally just make content. Yeah. I, I stream, I, I film stuff for YouTube, jump on podcasts. I can just have fun and do what I love doing. And then that way I'm not tired from, um, you know, sorting emails and replying tens or twenties of emails and, you, know, you get the point. So yeah, it's, it's mate, more me to focus yeah. on, on enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, how, and f- how far off you? Uh, how far off are you from the dream? Or that dream in particular? Pretty much there now. Yeah, wicked. That's and that's awesome. why I've switched my schedule to a four-day streaming schedule. I, it was part of, do we go flat stick forever? Or do I tape it back a little bit now, put a little bit more focus onto YouTube? So for now, we're trialing it out for the next few months. I stream four days a week. I, I film YouTube content and do other admin two days a week and I get a full day off to just go enjoy myself. That's go, imp- go spend some time with the wife and that. That's important though, right? Like I I like I, I totally get the fact that you can't 
And for me, like in Brecky Radio, you have to mine your life for content. So you have to actually get your ass in a gear and go out and experience things and do things. But what I found through that was that if you are a content creator in general, you need to just get the hell out from away from your screen and refresh and experience life and go and enjoy yourself. Because otherwise you, you end up mentally killing yourself to a degree. I think to some respects, I, I actually did the math the other day. Um, the first year of my streaming, after I took it seriously, I took 43 days off for the whole year. Yep. So I streamed every other day of the year. So that was 313 days. Yep. And the second year I took off uh, 36 days and that included four days to get married and six days to go on a honeymoon. So if it wasn't for those, and I went to PAX, you know, so there's another four days. Um, so there was a couple of little events that I had to take time off for. So when you take out those events, like married, honeymoon, and, yeah. you know, going to a convention, there's not, like, I pretty much streamed every other day. Yeah, yep, fair enough. So here we are this far down the track. I've just heard um, uh, this will be interesting because I don't know whether or not, I've got two young girls, I've got two little daughters, um, and uh, I just heard the garage start to come up. So my wife's picked them up from my parents' house, so... We'll either they'll either be zonked out and asleep in the back of the car, or we're going to have um, a couple of little uh, little bombers in just a, in just a moment. Um, did she, your wife, did she understand what it was that you were doing? Was she a gamer and into content creation and all that sort of stuff as well, or like did she? Did you expose I included her, to her very early? Yeah. So she made my logo. I said, "This is what I want to do," and I. Because I pitched the idea to her. Said I wanted to play computer games and just de-stress, make some friends, and just give this a go. And then it's a lot easier once money starts coming in. But to get perspective, it took five months to make a hundred dollars on Twitch for me. Jeez. Like it wasn't like I went bam, I'm making money. Yeah. Five months to make because you have to make a hundred dollars on Twitch to get your first Twitch payment, and it took ages to make money on YouTube. Like I'm talking, it would have been because it took about three months to get. 100 videos to get actual traction then i got the actual you know monetization and then monetization took like an extra two months it was probably like seven months to make a dollar on youtube Far you know so it, it it took a lot of hard work and so you have to be you have to include your partner mm. into getting to that point because otherwise they're going to be looking at you like why are you wasting your time yeah and they have to understand that it is actually growing. And, you know, when you finally get to the point where you hey, I'm actually at minimum wage now. This is actually all right. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, I'm actually making what I made when I was in the army. You know, so it's it's pretty cool when you actually finally do get to that point. But it's daunting and it's hard work and you need to include the people that you care about in the process. Otherwise, it's never going to work. Yeah, because my wife has given up a lot of time with me. The beauty is my like my wife likes reading books and her own personal time as well. Oh, so great. she'll go and read a book for you know a day, and she'll be happy. She doesn't need to have me there all the time. If you have like a I don't want to say a needy partner, but if your partner needs you in your their life all the time, you're probably not going to make it as a content creator. Mate, I unless understand. they want to shoot with you. <laughs> oh, mate, I can, I I understand that totally. Um, hey. Speaking of uh, partners and stuff, mine's just walked in. And I think, um, like, she'd attest to the fact that, uh, like, you have to be an incredibly understanding partner if, you if you know, the person that you're with is in content creation or content in general or entertainment or any any of that sort of stuff. Hey, babe. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Because it's yes, not a nine to five. No, it's, it's never not. Been, like, 
You don't turn off. A taco patch could come out tonight. Like, legitimately, it could be coming out tonight. And instead of me going to bed, I'll be up playing the patch and then making a YouTube video after and I'll get to bed at 4 a.m. Yep. Like, that's it. Like, it's not a matter of just, you know, and because if I don't, <laughs> other content creators are going to have that content. They're going to be putting out YouTube videos and I'm already a day behind. Yeah. That's just and, if, like, and if you're up until 4 a.m., that's the other thing, right? You're up until 4 a.m., you've knocked that content over. But it's not as if you can automatically just go, okay, I was up till 4 a.m., so I'll sleep in and I'll take the rest of the day off and yada, yada, yada. Because it, it, like, it doesn't work like that. You have to keep the momentum up, right? Or, or are you one of those people who just right. goes, nah, stuff it, I'll get back to it tomorrow? I can, but I don't. So it's, it's kind of like this. Everyone kind of has a point in which they feel like they've made it. Mm. Right, so like... Some people treat it as when they hit partner. You'll see them. They'll get to partner and then they'll start going full variety. I've, I've made it as a Twitch streamer and they're happy and that's good for them. For me, I kind of just like taking pride in doing the best job I possibly can. And that's why I work as hard as I do. It's not to be better than anyone else. It's not to, to you know, um, it's it's really just I take a large pride in, in what I do. So when a new content comes out, I want to be putting out the best content that people can get straight away and they can rely on it. A podcast happens that's from the developers. I watch the podcast. I make notes on it. I make a YouTube video straight after it with video footage and imagery from the podcast. So then people don't have to watch a two-hour podcast. They've got a high quality, usually around a 15 to 20-minute video summarizing the two hours and they get all the information they want. Yeah. And I, I take pride in doing that and people know they can come to me for that. Well, here we go. It's begun. <laughs> Do you want to say hello? <laughs> so come here. This is where the the stream gets um, my my our regular viewers and stuff um, knows that this is roughly around about the time that the stream gets quite wholesome. So say hi, Pestley. Hi, Pestley. How are you? How are you? <laughs> uh, this is Mila, by the way. Oh, hello. There we go. No, that's that. I'd really appreciate that. Um, Chase, <laughs> my... <laughs> here we go. Uh, now, what did I? What else did I have down here that I wanted to cover off tonight? Can I have that sheet of paper, please? Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Um, mate, what's next for you? And once you once you sort of climb the mountain of raising a, a million, um, where do you where do you go from there? I don't really know where I'm going with the charity stuff. Um, I've got a really, really, really cool idea I don't want to announce yet um, because I don't know the logistics behind it and how crazy it would be to do it. Um, so the charity side of things, I'm doing the charity event this weekend. I'm going to do a big one at the end of the year and that's going to be um, where I'm at with that. And then next year, I don't know exactly the process I'm going to go with, but it'll be something, it's going to be something to do with Starlight most likely, um, but I'll still got to work it out. The stream itself, I actually want to get outside more. So when I get back to Australia, whenever that is, um, I'll be buying a really nice fishing boat oh, and wow. I'll be covering it full of cameras and I'm actually going to fish on stream for oh, yeah. probably two, one or two days a week. Yep. You ripper. So what's the, where, is the plan to head back to Adelaide or because you're originally from Victoria, yeah? Yeah. So initially I think we'll go back to Adelaide um, mostly because we know it and... Uh, my wife's family's there, but uh, I'll be doing really 
high production quality fishing streams. It's 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 going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how it goes. It should be really well. A lot of people are really excited to see it. So I'm I'm excited that they're excited as well. Um, and I'm not a good fisherman either. Like I'm talking, I've I've done some fishing, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> mate, please um, please keep me updated. Like I'll mate, I'll fly out. I like and and come to wherever I have to to jump on that boat for a bit of it. So my family's been in fresh seafood for 30 years. Um, and, uh, mate, fishing is in the blood. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we absolutely love it. So to, to, and when I was like looking at things like, you know, the fact that you're into fishing, um, you're into your four-wheel driving and you're outdoors and all that sort of stuff, I was like, oh, man, man after my own heart because, uh, yeah, if we could spend every weekend out in the boat fishing and crabbing and, off the back of Rottnest and then every other weekend four-wheel driving on the beach and all that sort of stuff. We'd be in absolute heaven. Is it, is yeah. it have you got a, um, have you got a four-wheel driving stuff uh, or a decent enough car to get you out and about in the Netherlands where you are at the moment? Have you gone exploring out no, there or so fishing out really there? much four-wheel driving over here. Um, fishing wise, there's plenty of fishing to do, but I kind of wanted to tee up doing some charters. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of like that whole industry is kind of just Tourism is just not existent right now. Um, so back in Australia, we have a nice, we've got a little Suzuki Grand Vitara, which has been pimped out for full driving. Um, so that's like a little hobby one we've got, but we might get something a bit nicer later on. Um, it's, yeah, we're kind of, it's so funny. Like I want to be outdoorsy and all that. And all I do is play computer games, but it is true. Like I do want to transition um, a part of my stream to outside and, I understand there's risks involved in that. And I think a lot of people do get really paranoid about the future of their channels and, and that, but I kind of feel like I don't really care so much as long as I'm happy. And if I'm happy, then the people that care about my stream will be happy too. So they'll still get their content on YouTube for, for Tarkov or gaming, and then they'll still see gaming two, three days a week. They should also see some fishing once a week if they're interested. Yeah. 100%. Mate, and I'm, I'm sure they will because if you've been building a community to the point where you have and they're invested in you and in your life um, in general, then they'll be invested in everything else that comes with it. And to me, um, it just sounds like uh, that, you know, the, the big fishing streams and stuff like that are just another evolution of your stream and where it goes. You know, I, I'm really excited to see it. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. I, I kind of want to come back to Australia early to start it because we're sitting around a lot in the Netherlands not really getting out much. Mm. Um, and it's like, I could just come back to Australia and just start working on this boat. You know, like that's the mentality, but there's there's so much more than that. It's now with all the quarantine issues and, um, you know, it's two weeks quarantine when you fly back into Australia into a hotel and that's a headache in itself. Because... I either have to have good enough internet in the hotel to stream or I'm going to be sitting there and not streaming for two weeks and I've yeah. never taken two weeks off ever. You know, so that's a stress for in itself. And yeah, it's one of those things. Mate, um, I uh, there was um, a, a little chat that, that you and I had and Reflex, if you're in chat right now, mate, if you could just um, give us a hello. Um, there was a little chat that you and I had uh, in Twitter DMs where you were kind enough to say, "Yeah, please, absolutely, um, would love to." Um, we've got a, a, I've got a good friend of ours. He's our tournament officer. Um, he goes by Reflex, and uh, he was just frothing. Like the when I said to them that, um, "Yep, yeah, we've got Pestily. He's agreed to come on the show." He just absolutely lost his mind, and and um, it would make his. Sorry about this. 
it would make his day and his night and probably the rest of his year, to be honest with you, if he could, <laughs> if he could join us on this video right now and just and have a quick hello yeah, and say hello. Is that okay? Can we get yeah, him go in? for it. All right, hang on a sec. Let's, um, uh, let's see here. I've just got to muck around with a couple of things. There it is. All right. I'm going to add him in here. Now, Reflex, if you are listening and watching this right now, no funny business, okay? Because I know what you can be like. Um, yeah, where are we? There we go. Are you right there, young lady? Are you taking photos of all of this? Camera working? Yeah. Because that didn't take you long, Reflex. Oh, I just wanted to get in here and say, me misbehave? No, never. Gee, far out. Never do that. This is uh, this is Reflex. Um, everybody, say hello to Reflex. He's our uh, he's our tournament officer at Game on Australia, mate. Um, Reflex, this is it. Here you go. This is this is your moment, mate. This is your moment to shine. Oh, uh, it'll be just my chance that the net goes down. Pasilli, just I'm on a very very nice, very happy to meet you. Um, I've been following you for a very very long time. Um, if, if you don't mind, I won't take too much time because it is 10.30 here and my wife's annoyed I'm up as it is. Um, I've got five questions for you, if that's cool. <clears throat> I won't, won't take it. too long. First question is, um, what are your thoughts on the Streets of Tarkov trailer and you being so close with the developers at Battlestate and Nikita, did you have any input, of the de uh, any input on the design or decisions for it? Um, so the Streets of Tarkov trailer for anyone that doesn't know it goes for about about forty seconds after you take out the music yes. and the outro bit. Um it looks really exciting. Their their ambition is to get forty players involved in that map, which I think is pretty crazy. And if it goes wow. if it goes to plan, um it's probably gonna be the most popular map because it's gonna be mm. very uh multi level, like there's just it's gonna be a very complex map and complex maps bring in the best firefights because you know you've got different angles to cover in it and it's going to be mm. really really hard work um i'm very excited for it um but i'm always hesitant with new content like i'm always like because in in the gaming industry more and more it's like you get hyped for something and then you get let down and it's kind of been happening a lot in general but battlestar games nearly always delivers to the m most point um as for the input in the map itself i don't have any real input into the game at all okay. Um, besides, um, sometimes, you know, like there's a more controversial one on a podcast recently where I actually asked for an ammunition to be more expensive uh, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of negative feedback from that one. But I actually try to just focus on bug reporting and fixing issues in the game uh, or streamlining some of the progression in the game. So a good example is there's a lot of quests that are found in raid items that are really mm -hmm. difficult to find. And I yes. made a list of all the really hard ones and said, Nikita, could you make these crafts in the hideout? And then he went and made yep. them all crafts in the hideout. So that's a perfect so example. graphics cards and stuff as well, yeah? Yeah, so graphics cards, VPXs, RFIDs. Uh, the, Thank you. <laughs> all, those kind of, all those kind of really hard to find items um, yep. are now generally being able to be crafted in the hideout. And that's the kind of input I focus on. And then when I see a serious unbalanced item, I, I, I have made comments in the past 
even though it's not the most popular one, uh, I found an ammunition to be very cheap for how powerful it was. And I thought it should be increasing price, but it was uh, a lot of negative backlash of stream of privilege on that one. Of course, of course. And how, how do you feel about the uh, the coffee beans? Dr. Lupo's coffee beans. Mm. I got really lucky and found them very early on. Um, so it wasn't really difficult for me. The plague mask took me a bit longer. Um, and Nikita increased it like four or five times the chance of spawning. Oh, wow. um, and, and it still yeah, took a while. It took me, I think, about 10 hours of farming scabs on factory, I think it was. <laughs> that's, that's quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, so just, just moving on, cautious of time. Um, during the two weeks of the Tarkov drops you had running, um, I'd just like to point out that I, I didn't just have you up and leave you on just for the drops. Uh, if oh, I was playing, dust. I did, but... Ball oh, come dust. on. Ball yeah, shit. all right. No, no, no. Um, if, if, uh, if I wasn't playing, I was definitely following what you were doing and picking up and just learning about what you were doing, and it's very informational. Um, I'd just like to give you a personal thank you for my final drop being 10 bars of chocolate and nothing <laughs> So thank you for that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, moving on. Having read the roadmap, there are plans for a PvP arena kind of set up in the game. Is this something you'd be interested in or more of a raid runner kind of player yourself? I actually think, like, if you asked me that two years ago, I said the arena is the thing I'm most hyped for. Because I used to be only yeah. playing Factory a lot. Factory is the smallest map in the game and it's nearly instant pvp action and i used to play that all day full streams i used to just play factory and um it was it it was one of the things i used to love the most i think it's got its place now with how competitive gaming is that a lot of competitive players will want to play in there and have a mmo or a matchmaking system where it's like you know what's your rank and all that stuff i will mm. play it but i think what will end up happening is i'll just you know have play it for a bit of fun um, but I think it's kind of that side of things where if you take, I, I, as soon as I get serious, I get um, angry. And so I, I don't want to get too competitive with that. Yeah. So, and the perfect example is the Code Red tournament, um, which was ran um, by like Dr. Disrespect's crew, where you had to like go into raids. Every dog tag you got was worth a certain value. And then the amount of money you had at the end was decided the winner. And I got disconnected three times during it and uh, I couldn't connect to a server for an hour. And I, I, you can see the frustration where I wanted to throw my mouse. And I haven't had that mm. kind of frustration in a long time. And it's why yeah, my yeah. competitive scene's just like not existent anymore. Um, I used to be okay. very competitive in Half-Life Deathmatch. And, oh, yeah. um, and I was one of the best in Australia for that game. And I used to get very angry back those days. And I don't anymore. So I, I, think, I think a fair bunch of people in the chat would definitely agree that uh, frustration at Valve products is definitely, uh, definitely <laughs> up there. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and just because it is the fifth question, and I would kick myself for asking, and I know a lot of my friends, especially from my stream community and everything, are uh, here in chat watching at the moment. Uh, can we play together sometime? <laughs> um, I don't like Reflex. to do a lot. I, I don't like to do a lot. Um, so nah. generally I'm a socially awkward person. <laughs> like I am a little bit, um, most people who play computer games don't really, um, we're not like the most, like we go out and just talk to people all day, every day. It's a lot easier when you're the streamer and you talk to your chat, uh, or with your chat because you don't really, it, you can pick the questions and you, and they kind of flow. Um, yeah. when I get put into a conversation, 
from where I'm just like randomly put with someone. And they're like, oh, you should play with this person. Like I remember the first time I played with Summit, I was nervous because I didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> I didn't care about I didn't care about playing the game. The game was easy. It's like, oh shit, now I'm with Summit. Uh, yeah, so yeah Summit, you're in the same what room you, as him. Yeah. What do you What did you do on the weekend? Like. <laughs> How was lunch? It, yeah, yeah. Like it, that that's the issue I have with duos. It's actually nothing to do with the people or um or with doing duos itself. Like duos can be really fun and really successful in Tarkov. I just don't know what to say. It's like <laughs> and I really should just have like a little cheat sheet of like like you know, like a dating cheat sheet, like oh well, <laughs> Um, so, well, if we, you want to date me, just ask, it's fine. Oh, okay. My wife might have an issue with that, but um <laughs> So yeah, uh, if you, I'll, I'll, I'll play yours with you sometime. You seem like a cool dude, and we could have a conversation about random shit. So it doesn't really make you know, too yeah, big yeah, a deal. But just be careful. Just all I'm saying is be careful. <laughs> and I'm banned from Twitch. Thank you. <laughs> hey man, I've still got my Twitch, and I'm still going affiliated for two years. Let's do this. Fair enough. Um, I uh, it's, flexi, it's about the fun. <clears throat> flexi, you're beautiful, man. Um, yeah. just really quickly. Uh, actually, no. What I'll do is um. I'll wrap things up with this great bloke over here uh, in Pestily. Sounds good. And uh, yep. then we've got to catch up a couple of things with our community um, about what's coming up very soon as well. So we're going to be yarn to have anyway. But, Sounds um, good to me. Anything else, mate? Any other, um, you know, awkward questions you'd like to pose live? Well, now you put it that way. No. I'll, uh, I'll flick you message sometime. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you and thank you very much. And uh, look forward to seeing you on your next stream. No worries. Thanks, mate. Love you, Have babe. Good night. See you, mate. Uh, he is one of the best. <clears throat> one of the greats going around, mate. appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, he's a no, legend. Absolute legend. As of you have been. So, mate, I, I, can't, I don't even know where to begin uh, to say thank you for your time tonight. I, I really genuinely appreciate it. It's been an absolutely awesome chat. Um, could do this for, I reckon, 44 and a half odd hours. So, maybe one day might have to try. But... Uh, the thing that I, I'd really want to leave you with is um, good luck, uh, you know, in, in raising that other $70,000 for the Starlight Children's Foundation um, on the way to a million. I mean, no doubt you'll get there, uh, but even, God forbid, it doesn't happen. Far out, mate. You've, you've raised over 900 grand. Um, like yeah. If, if, oh, if, dude, I'm proud of what I've done. Oh, you should be. <laughs> uh, like, the, you know, back at the beginning of this chat when you were saying, didn't, you know, kind of nervous, didn't know what we were going to hit. Maybe it was going to be a couple of hundred bucks and stuff. You know, there's sick kids out there um, that this research is going to that a couple of hundred dollars does a world of good and, and you've gone well above that um, off your own back. So uh, the community thanks you and good on you and um, all the best with, uh, with everything yet to come your way. Let's stay in touch. And, mate, when you get back into the country and you start doing those boating streams, let's go on a couple. That'll be an absolute ripper. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got to, I've got to figure out how I'm going to do that because there's actually a fair few people interested. And I was like, maybe we had, like, celebrity, like, you know, like <laughs> the guest of the week for the boat or something like that. So we'll have to work it out. But awesome, it does sound bro. fun. It does Because I actually, it's, fishing is, like, really enjoyable it, just to do it by yourself or with people. So it's one of those things. Just yeah. treat it like a podcast, really. 100%. And uh, next time you're in Perth, well, let me know when you're in town, mate, and we'll take you out of the back of Rottnest Island and do a bit of fishing out there as well. I'm going to Youngbloods. 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 I... The, the YouTube channel for fishing. Oh, it rings a bell. I, mate, no. Oh, but... my God. you got to watch them. Really? Who yeah. are these guys? Hit me with them. And it, they're, they're north of you, just north on WA coast. You're joking. Youngbloods. YBS. 
1.97 million subscribers now. He only what? hit a million subscribers like um, a couple of months ago. Oh, I reckon it would have been like maybe five months ago. Really, really entertaining uh, YouTube channel. They just do, he just does fishing. Yep. And sometimes he has an attractive lady on there. So he's clickbait <laughs> title and thumbnail. But the content there is like like one flash of a girl and then the rest of it's all fishing. So if you're Mate, into, I, into fishing. It sounds like that. Mega, and I don't know um, if you used to pick up the magazines, um, but I think it's I think it's Western Angler or, or Fishing Australia in one of them. And every single one of them used to have the front cover was abroad, like in a bikini or something, holding a fish. And, uh, you know, she just caught something that obviously somebody else had just put into her hands. So sports um, illustrate, illustrated. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, right. And then that's, that was it. Like, you'd open it and um, and that was it. The rest was just all fishing and stuff. But, you know, it, sort of like when you're when you're younger, when you're in teenage years and, you know, you're not having your way with the ladies or anything like that, not much is going for you. It's about as close as you'll ever get. So you <laughs> used to knock a few of those over. When, uh, yeah, but you, you'll you'll start watching his content and you'll just be hooked. You'll be like, "Oh crap, I gotta go to bed." <laughs> Unreal, young so, blunts, mate. I'll check it out. Thank you very yeah. much for the hot tip. All right, mate. I'll leave you to it. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. No and uh, yeah, looking forward to catching up again soon. Pestley, good on you. All right, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Catch you, mate. See ya. Well, there we have it, you guys. Far out. What an absolute legend. Uh, just, um, you know, a good bloke to chat to, but obviously doing such incredible things in the community as well. Um, that's exactly what this stuff is built for. So um, far out. I've just got the warm and fuzzies. I've got the warm and fuzzies, and it might have something to do with being in my PJs, but I've got the warm and fuzzies. I'll check out Youngbloods. Now I'm going to get, while well, I've still got you here, uh, I'm going to get the great man Reflex back on for a quick yarn. I can't believe I'm actually um, removing Pestily from a group. How dare me. <clears throat> How do I work this thing? Where do I turn the camera on? Turn your camera on. I'm working on it now. Is this it? Is this the internet? Hello? Yep, there we go. Hello. Hello. Hey, what was that? That was Sorry? I want Elsa Nana. Well, here, can can Mummy do Elsa and Anna? No. Okay. Um, just mate, I've just got to do Elsa and Anna, uh, from Frozen. Um, <clears throat> is that one? Is that good? Any of these? Uh, no. Yeah. I just heard banana and immediately wanted a piece of fruit. No. I love bananas. Oh my god. Oh no. mate. If you want something no. long and yellow, boy. You you need Elsa's and Anna's. No. Real lesson and honest to watch. I don't know what. Oh, you want? Oh, you want Frozen? Yeah. You want actual Frozen? Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're, there we go. How's that one? There you go. There's plenty of there's plenty of um plenty of real ones. There you go, honey. Enjoy. Mate, how was that? Hey. Mate, Pistilli's an absolute mad lad. No matter what way you frame it, no matter what way you look at it, he's such a humble dude like just yeah. straight up that the amount he's raised for such a fantastic cause like i wanted to say more but i know we were worrying about time but honestly he's done things that just i mean it, it speaks to me a lot because when, when i was growing up i actually had a heart condition when i was a child and had to go through a lot of the situations he's been raising money for so mm -hmm. to see him doing what he's doing to help kids in similar and even worse conditions than I was as a child 
is just he's an absolute bloody legend and yeah. quite frankly I, I have more than enough time a day of him Tarkov <laughs> stuff aside he's a good dude absolutely, absolutely mate no doubt um, and I mm. you know it's it's one thing to know that this sort of stuff happens to sick kids in the world but when you've got a couple mm. of kids of your own um, you know you're um, yeah you're a little bit closer to it because you, you sort of mm. you hope to cross that um, you love the fact the service is there but you hope to cross it you never have to use them and I've been to a couple yeah, of, of course you know, I've been on the occasional nights where we've had to run the kids to emergency and stuff like that. And, and you know, thankfully, um, it's been because, you know, they've got a rough cough or... Wilco always told me, having kids will change you forever. I can only imagine, I can only imagine as a non-parent for the time being, what it would be like to have to do that, to have to touch on such a fantastic system, but... Mm. But yeah, yeah mate, you lean on it, and that's what it's there for. Um, mm. And it's yeah, no, it's it's sensational. Um, Absolutely. Now we got a couple of things yes. to cover off really quickly. I don't want yes. The you don't. You don't want the scene. Okay, honey, ask ask mummy. No. Please. No. I don't know which one you want. <laughs> mate, while I'm sorting this out. <laughs> no, please go for right? it. For people who are watching right now, we have a Valorant event coming up. A couple of big things actually coming up very soon. At uh, the end of this month, we kick off the Dungeons & Dragons Live Night, a 20-week season with our mates at Roll for Damage on uh, Friday night, the 31st of July, live on twitch.tv slash Game on Oz. Um, and that, as I mentioned, 20-week season. So looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. Um, on top of that, uh, something I'm very excited about is we have finished the post-production. Frozen. Frozen. There you go. Uh, here. There's. There's a not. A, there's, that's not a talk. That's not a singing one. That's a talking one. Um, we've also finished post-production on Indie or Die, which I'm mm. looking forward to. Indie or Die is our brand new independent developers series where I have one-on-one -on -one chats with a series of independent developers. Um, those chats are done. The post-production's finished and we actually have the release and artwork and everything ready to go. That will actually land as a podcast channel through our mates at Podcast One and on Spotify and everywhere else. Uh, in around about a week's time, the descriptions have gone out and the whole lot, but um, far out. I, can't, I cannot wait for that. I can't um, wait yeah, for that, you guys that looks good. to hear these chats. Um, one of them in particular, and I've told this story before, but in case you've never heard it, um, Connie Gephardt, who is the creative director and so many other things for Joe May, um, which is the, the studio that she represents. Um, she talks about the story about how living in Germany as a child um, under the shadow of the Berlin Wall on the east side of Germany, her father having to smuggle in um, video games. Uh, that was the only <laughs> way that they could actually play them. And that, that was how she got a hold of them. So, and, and then it all goes from there. So um, yep. very much looking forward to that. That'll be in your, uh, in your podcast channels very soon. Um, and then, of course, our event. Um, Tournament.gameonos.com. The next, this, is, this will be G-Sports Session 4. Um, and it is. And it is Valorant. And it's free to play. And we have $1,500 worth of uh, PLE computers prizing. Thanks to those guys for our uh, winning team. Absolute the legends. They're helping us the first time around as well. Yeah. Coming, They enjoyed the first one so much, they decided to come back for a second time and go, hey, you know what? Yeah, have some more. Let's keep going. Uh, and the other mm. thing as well, um, very close friends of yours and, and now ours, thanks to you as well, mate, but the Quantum Energy team. Um, mm. and the, the Quantum team on the day 
um, will get themselves five Goa Quantum Packs, which we're really looking forward to uh, getting out there as well. So the, the Team of Valor, I believe you've called it. Is that is that That's right? That's the one, the Team of Valor. Team oh. of Valor will receive, if I remember correctly, the prize pack contains uh, per player one tub, one shaker, and if I do recall, a hoodie. Yep. Yep, a hoodie each. So, you know, go out there on the day. Don't be afraid to... Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, half the characters in that game are very uh, very animated and very flamboyant about what they do. So go ahead, you know, shoot your shot. Do some absolute <laughs> nutty plays. And uh, your boy, not Maddie Mac here, is definitely not from Quantum Energy in the chat right now. Hey, not well, Maddie Mac. Uh, We'll definitely be able to hook you up with something fantastic, but we're looking for the team of Vela to do something just that's going to make the casters and me, the host, sit back and go, okay. Yep. You know, that, that kind of moment. We're sitting there with your tongue tied going, what the bloody hell was that? 100%. So get amongst it. It's going to be a hell of a day. I know for a fact that... Uh, me and my crew have been practicing Valorant for the day, well, for the for the week coming up to this point. Um, we actually have a little sneaky game on Saturday, but we've also been throwing some friendly community 5v5 games up over the last couple of nights. And uh, just some of the clips we've got of Vimesy Raging have been fantastic. Yeah, unreal. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so but um, yeah, get a lot. Don't Registrations are open right now. It's limited spots, but it is free to play. Um, and also, if you head to discord.gameonoz.com, um, or you'll see our Discord appear in chat in just a moment. You can go through there. And we have a G-Sports looking for team channel as well, um, where you can dive in and say, hey, I want to join, you know, just <clears throat> for other randos or whoever you need, or maybe you can come and join our team and, and yada, yada, yada. But it's going to be a good day, full broadcast and the whole thing. Looking forward to it. All right, Flexi. Um, mate, how are you going? Are you all good? Oh, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I've been, I've been, as you know, I'm a full-time streamer. I've been just... You know, doing what I do every day, meeting new people, having some fun. Like, I don't think I've cried from laughing as hard, you know, in the last three days as I have in my entire life, just from some of the shit that's been happening in Valorant with the group we've been playing with. But, uh, uh, you know, I said I wasn't going to main the game, but honestly, you guys have been absolutely insane to miss out on something like this. 100%. It's just, I, bruh, just bruh. Bruh, bruh. Bruh, bruh. All right, mate. Get on it. Um... All right. Thank you. Have a fantastic night, everyone. Good to see you again. And of course, thank you for the opportunity of meeting Pistilli himself. Oh, I mate. will give you a back rub when I meet you. <laughs> oh, speaking wait. of which, speaking of which, what? Hey, uh, kitty. Oh, Jesus. You look pissed, Christ. don't you? Oh, Jesus. I know that look. Okay. Yep. Down we go. Okay. And on that note, a fantastic evening, everyone. We'll catch you later on. Good night, GG. sir. Good night, sir. All right, guys, just me. Um, hey, Nico, are you floating around? Is Nico plays games? Is he on tonight, guys? Who's co who's coming up after we're done here? Um, <clears throat> thanks, Arion. We're just about to wrap things up. Hello, Nico. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're around about twenty minutes late for Nico's stream. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, <coughs> excuse me. A uh, bit of a different one tonight. So we didn't have a couple of things um, like game time edits as well. Guys, game time edits and everything else is going to be back from Wednesday next week. 
uh, I'm going to say go a weekly time. That's 5.30 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. But I do want to tell you that we do have more Game Time Edits uh, videos on the way as well. Thanks to Game Time Edits and Apolidex. And you can go and check out the YouTube channel Game Time Edits as well. And uh, the whole idea is that he is there sharing his amazing knowledge around content creation for you guys in really nice, teeny tiny, bite-sized pieces of amazingness. Um, okay, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to shut things down. Thanks for joining the stream. Big thanks again to Pestily uh, and the Pestilian Army as well. Uh, good on your reflex. Good to see you. And thanks again, chat, for dropping by. Have yourselves a great night, a great week. And hang around for Nico. He's playing some games up next right here on twitch.tv slash gameonoz.